Hello, this is Steve Baker, the Pragmatic Constitutionalist. Thanks for joining us. I had mentioned on Facebook a day or two ago that we would be doing this, uh, myself and uh, my partner Scott Law together, to introduce and to kind of vision cast for everybody exactly where we're headed with this expansion project. Um, just in quick review, it's been a little over 10 years ago since I launched that page on Facebook, um, purely as a hobby, uh, a, a means of getting you know, the news of the day off my own chest. Uh, it grew very, very, very slowly for the first uh, six years or so when we hit the election campaign season of the 2016 campaign. Uh, I had, I think from about 2014 to 2016, or about 2016, I had only had about 1,600 followers on that page. And I'm talking about it maintained that it, it wasn't going anywhere. It was there. We hit that campaign season and all of a sudden, it started, it started climbing. By the time we got to election day of 2016, it had, it had grown a thousand percent. It went from uh, 1,600 to 16,000 just in that, during that season. And, um, and then uh, obviously because Facebook, uh, the media, the notion that there was this Russian interference in the election, uh, Facebook began its throttling campaign against political sites, particularly as we, you know, we think more so against uh, uh, liberty-oriented sites than it was against the other side. I actually have, have done a lot of research into that. There was a significant amount of throttling across the board, even on you know, the more leftist progressive sites as well, because their numbers uh, went down uh, dramatically. And that was a lot of it had to do with uh, Facebook's uh, need to generate revenue as well. So they began throttling, uh, limiting our reach to even our own followers on all of our pages because they wanted us to buy ads, obviously. So in, in, in spite of this, uh, you know, thousand percent growth that we had in about a year, year and a half, um, that just, man, it, that, that tank, it was not happening. Our reach was, was going way, way, way down at that point. And we got into a season for the next four years where it was a grind and we doubled, you know, we more than doubled in, in that four year period between the, the 16 campaign and the 2020 campaign. Uh, we're at about 35,000 uh, followers on the Facebook page now, but um, you know, that was a, that was a grind to double as opposed to the thousand percent growth in a year and a half that we had. And it's, as we all know, it's, it's even worse now. You, you can't hardly publish or post anything without getting some sort of warning or some sort of uh, diversionary tactic. Do you really want to read this? Have you read this article yet? Do you understand that this article deals with COVID or this deals with election numbers or this deals with something that we don't want you to talk about or something that we, you know, our facts, fact checkers um, uh, have, have deemed to be a more legitimate uh, with our our sources than with the one that you're going to read. So for that reason, um, not, not only that reason, but it's a, it's a primary uh, motivation of ours right now to go ahead and expand beyond that page. Now we did, um, as most of you recall, we launched a, uh, our first and uh, fundraising campaign back in, I guess it was May, June, somewhere in there to fund the launch of our website. And uh, we got that up, pragmaticconstitutionalist.com, the, the new website, blog site. Uh, we managed to get that going. And that was quite an undertaking. Uh, and then in addition to that, we did, a, a you know, I did a, a few small um, 
experimental kind of podcast. Didn't really have format yet. Didn't really know where we were going yet. It's just basically me getting on here and gapping like I'm doing right now, but we're going to get beyond. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and so that was, that was the uh, extent of that. And then being not ready, particularly not having the professional gear that, uh, many of our supporters so graciously helped us uh, purchase. Um, we were not able to um, uh, do what we really wanted, but now we're ready to turn, you know, turn that thing loose. So I think what I want to do now, uh, before I ramble too much longer and, and, and bore everyone to tears, I do want to go ahead and um, introduce you, Scott, you're on the screen. People are looking at you and they're looking <laughs> at uh, you know, your dad's library behind you and they're wondering, yeah. you know, what's this guy doing sitting here with me? Um, I think it was back in April that I contacted Scott and I asked Scott if he would partner with me in this project. Now we actually have a, um, a long background together uh, and not, not so much together, although it was probably about eight years ago, you and I began talking about, um, uh, working together on a project to tell a particular story uh, that really needs to be told, uh, which we've been able to kind of uh, throw some, you know, some yeah. nuggets of teasers. that story out. Teasers, yes. out. yeah, teasers yeah. Uh, since uh, your your dad passed away back here a couple of months ago. Um, Scott Law is the son of a Dr. Terry Law. Uh, uh, Terry was um, well, it, it can't it can't be exaggerated enough how much influence he had over the direction of my own life, the way I think, particularly my worldview. Uh, it was uh, Terry founded a music organization uh, out of Oral Roberts University back in uh, 69. And uh, some 11 years later, I got a call uh, on a, on a Friday morning uh, from somebody in Tulsa who was looking for a trumpet player to replace the, the guy who had just left the, the, the band. And I, uh, was in my sophomore year of college and I was just about to leave school. I was about, I mean, I'm one of those guys that, you know, I was about to, I, I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and so I got that call at exactly the right time. It was, it was a, uh, it was a great moment in my life to have somebody say, yeah, you're ready to do this thing at 19 years old. And we want you to go out on the road and tour full time and blah, 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 blah. And by the way, this band just got back from touring behind this, you know, the iron curtain and all over the world. And, you know, and so obviously it was very attractive to a young 19 year old who was, you know, bored to death with school. And so, um, I accepted the position five days later, I was, uh, flying from Shreveport, Louisiana to San Diego, California, a tour bus actually picked me up at the airport at nine o'clock, uh, on January the 9th, 1980. And, wow. uh, I remember that yeah, an hour later, I was in a rehearsal room and we were beginning to prepare the music and we stayed up for two straight nights rehearsing the music so that we'd be ready for a show on Friday. And uh, um, didn't know who your dad was at that time. He wasn't involved in my recruitment process at all, but it wasn't until I was actually out there with the band and discovering who and what they really were, uh, which we'll get into here in a minute, that um, my life really changed. Now, I think at that point you were about six years old, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 1980. I would have been six. Yeah. yeah. Six. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
Right, right. You were you were just a little guy looking up at you know at your dad and admiring what he was doing and who he was, but not really even fully probably comprehending what wow. that no. guy was involved in. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and um, and I certainly wasn't either. At nineteen years old, I had no idea what I had just parachuted into. It was it was only after joining the band, and all of a sudden, you know, not not only were we playing you know gigs literally every night, uh, very very busy organization. But we were also rehearsing this song that the guys were arranging that they were telling me was potentially going to be the theme song for the 1980 Summer Moscow Olympics. And I'm like, what? Sure. And then I was hearing all the stories of that they, <clears throat> what they just encountered because these guys had just got back from two um, years of touring overseas, spent a lot of time in Russia, and they had made some incredible contacts with the uh, um, uh, Soviet uh, uh, officials that were, were involved in the production of the music for the for the, the 1980 uh, Olympic Games there in Moscow, and how that transpired is the story that you and I about eight years ago started talking about that we needed to tell that story because here you had this completely unknown band of Western musicians, mostly Americans, few Canadians, a Swede, an English person scattered here and there in the organization. And this Western band was being asked to record not just one song, but several songs for the soundtrack for the, um, uh, the Olympic uh, movie, the Olympic uh, uh, soundtrack itself, and then quite possibly the theme song to the games. And all of a sudden, you know, two weeks after I joined the band, I'm in a studio in San Francisco recording that song. So this is a story that needs to be tell, told. I, I, you know, I won't get into all of it now, but this is where, this is where Scott and I started intersection, uh, our, the intersection of our lives began. Um, and, and although I'm a few years older, obviously you got, you caught up and, and you became very involved in your dad's work and, uh, and you yourself did a tremendous amount of traveling overseas with your dad. Um, gosh, you've, you've been, I mean, you, you've, uh, you've crossed borders with him into places that uh, are no man's lands, you know, places that you're not supposed to go. And, and, and certainly that are dangerous if you go there, even with permission. And so we, we, we decided that we needed to tell a lot of these stories, but life, you know, being what life is and we, we, you know, never could exactly find the time and, and uh, energy to focus on this project. And then, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to call, Terry's passing, you know, a tragedy because it was natural. You know, it was, it was what life does to us sometimes. Part of life is, is our, you know, our end. And, uh, but it was unexpected. And uh, we had just had a, had, had an incredible reunion, a 50 year reunion of his organization back last October, October 19. And, um, and of course you and I uh, spent some time together during that uh, reunion and, we were looking forward to, uh, you know, doing some more things, uh, together after you yeah. and I had to, had the opportunity to talk. And then, uh, we, we got together, uh, to decide to, uh, work together on the TPC project back in April. And then here, a couple months later, your father passed away. Um, so I've said all that to say Scott law is, uh, full-on partner here in the TPC project. And 
Scott, tell us a little bit about your background in, in terms of, first of all, before we get into talking any more about your dad, let's talk about what you're able to bring to this that I utterly fail in <laughs> my weaknesses. <laughs> well, thank you for the, 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 the broad introduction there, Steve. Thank you. Uh, glad to be a part. We've been talking for several years about, well, I think I found you on Facebook. You had posted a photo of some old time living sound people, I think on your Steve Baker Facebook page and then I think you shared it on your pragmatic libertarian page at the time. And I'm like, wait a second, those are my people. Like, I didn't even know who you were. I didn't know that you had been a part of living sound, but I was following you and following TPL at the time. And uh, I didn't even connect the two. And because I, your liberty minded, your freedom minded the mentality and how you viewed things your worldview uh, really gelled with me. And so I was following you un, unknown to me that the deeper connection that we had. And as we started messaging each other and then you were like, Oh yeah, I was on living sound. Cause I think you commented on, I don't know who it was. Um, I can't even remember David Morrison or somebody's something, you know, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know he was on living sound. Wait a second. And then you were like, Oh yeah. You know? And uh, that was probably six, seven, eight years ago. And yeah, things didn't happen the way we wanted. We talked about doing this. Your, your father passed. I got cancer. Then dad passed. COVID. Everything. There's always excuses, right? But um, what brought us together was, I think, our view on life and on liberty and on politics and also uh, your background and history with dad and his organization and your travels, your travels behind, uh, well, at the time, behind the, the Iron Curtain, uh, former Soviet Union. And so that was that. I mean, uh, again, we've been full on uh, cranking up. You talked about um, your lesser qualities. You're great at a lot of things and uh, you, you lack some um, proper acumen with technology. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's and, a very polite way of putting it. And, and, and doing this sort of thing. And that's actually my background. I, I was doing this with dad 20 plus years ago uh, in his organization. And it just kind of is natural for me. I remember being in, um, we landed summer of 1984, summer Olympics then, I think it would have been in the U.S. We la I landed in the U.K. Uh, with Don Moen and dad and, and David Weir. You remember David Weir, maybe, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And he picked yeah. us up. He was, a, he was a Scotsman, and he picked us up at the airport at Heathrow, and he pulled a package out of the back of his car, and it was a camera. It was an old Canon, I, I can't remember, uh, one of the early first um, higher speed uh, point and shoot. And uh, it was my first camera I ever owned. And I always wanted to, to be a photographer. And uh, dad surprised me, he called David and had him pick up a camera. So that whole summer, when I was in behind the, uh, you know, the Iron Curtain in Poland, and all those areas, I had a camera and I was taking photos. And that got me that technological, that, that imagery based, that storytelling through images, that that's where that started in the summer of 84. Mm -hmm. And um, but yeah, so I'm not going to wax eloquent too much longer, but that, that's the connection. And um, we, have a, uh, we have a long standing connection through my father. My father's no more, but our hearts and our passion is liberty. Um, typically liberty uh, in the subject of the personal freedoms that we have and should have here in America and that have and are continuing to be yeah. threatened. 
and our personal experience in communist and social democrat dem, dem, social democracies our own personal experiences negative experiences really color why we're here and, and yeah. color our viewpoint on tpc and i think it's very evident with the 30 plus thousand people that that interact with you on a weekly basis um they 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 feel the same way for the most part they, they're you know it's not a scare tactic uh, this is real. We, you know, um, we've seen what happens. Uh, Lenin, Stalin, Brezhnev, Khrushchev, all these guys. Um, we see what happens. Castro, you know, um, China, if I can say that. Um, you know, it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's what seems to be coming to our shores now, coming to our White House. And you, and you, and, 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 and almost <laughs> without exception, all those, um, leaders of borders of which you've uh, crossed. Uh, I think you've crossed most of those with your dad over the years. I uh, have, yeah. I, some you, on my own. One of the one of the things that I really have have enjoyed um, uh, since since your dad left us was you have been uh, kind of prolific in the last few weeks of telling little vignette stories about you know you and 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 your dad and things that you saw with your own. I I I. I said this um, in something that I wrote about your dad, you know, when he passed away, I said that we always, we always had this feeling that your dad was born without the fear, you know, triggering his brain because he just didn't fear anything. And, and of course, uh, Barbara, his wife said something about, well, you know, that's not exactly right. She said, you know, he, he it was, it was more faith than lack of fear, but, uh, but Correct. Terry, to the common person, it just looked like he's crazy and he oh, had yeah. fear. Yeah, no, just, just, uh, just, uh, you know, I told, I told the one story about, you know, he's, he's standing at the front of the bus with, you know, a cup, they're on their way to an illegal show. I think it was in Armenia or, um, uh, gosh, or Georgia or where, wherever it was. I'm talking yeah. about not, not the U S Georgia, the, the Georgia that was then behind the Soviet Union. This is 1979. And he, he's standing at the front of the bus and, uh, they got two KGB cars chasing them, you know, following them to their illegal show. And he looks over at the guy and goes, this is, this is more fun than a nine to five job, isn't it? You know, or something like that. And he just, he just, he reveled in living, you know, on that edge and, and didn't mind taking a bunch of young kids into that, you know, uh, danger zone with him. But it was, it was interesting because as I wrote about him, um, day or so after he passed away, I said, you know, the thing was, is that we were willing to do that because it was, it, it wasn't so much that he didn't care about our safety. It's just that, you know, we looked at him and went, okay, all right. Well, if he's not scared, we're not scared either. Let's go do this thing. It was a leadership quality he had. Uh, and we were willing to follow that in. And, and, and you told a story that I love this. And I want, I'd love for you to, before we go into the next phase of this conversation today. Um, I think you were in China with him at one point. How old were you when you made that particular trip? You uh, it was story. 1995. I was, it was a, um, just before my senior year in college at, at ORU. And we went to China for, I don't know, two, three weeks. And uh, we were there actually during uh, the Tiananmen Square anniversary, six year anniversary, I believe, because I think it was 89. And uh, of course, at that time, 
there was no mention of it. It was, you know, stifled, uh, even to a great degree right now it is as well, but you, know, you couldn't, you couldn't mark the memory of it. Um, you can still see the pock marks and the bullet holes, um, in Tiananmen Square. And, uh, so anyway, we were there and my father being an evangelist and a missionary, we were there, we smuggled Bibles in. I had a Bible belt on, um, and my dad as well. And, and we, Wait, you had a, you were actually where there is such a thing as a Bible belt. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, um, yeah. yeah. So we're not talking about the, you know, we're not talking talking about about the Midwest. No, we don't. No, okay. Actually Bible belt was, it was kind of like a, it was like a more, um, more svelte, uh, fanny pack that uh, we tied on, you know, back when I was a lot thinner and I could, you know, put baggy Abercrombie and fish, fish clothes over me and, and hide the, the Bible belt. And I could carry about 20 little, super, super thin Bibles. And my dad brought some in as well. And we packed some in our suitcase. And then um, we were bringing in to work with the underground church in China, which um, was the one that was not uh, sanctioned and governed by the communist party. Therefore they could share their faith openly and not just spout communist propaganda. Um, Very much like in Russia, um, except that, well, we can talk about that later, but um, so we, we go in, I think we're just outside of Beijing, my dad and I, and we're at a, at a, uh, an underground church meeting in this kind of, uh, I don't know how you say it. It was, it was in a, it was in a, not in a public area. It was, it was in a very populated, uh, business industrial kind of area, but it was in a larger room that looked like a large house, so to speak, but it was in a, I don't know how else to explain it, but we, um, we met in, we met in that building. And um, we sat in desks and it was almost like a classroom and uh, it was packed. It was almost shoulder to shoulder. There was no social distancing at that time. And uh, even though uh, these, they were all Chinese believers, they're all risking their lives to be there. Um, and they had faced relentless persecution from the Chinese government. Um, they sat in anticipation because dad was there to speak and he was an elder and they were excited to hear from him. And so just before dad was getting ready to preach and share a message, um, he, he, he leaned over to me and uh, so I think uh, one of the translators was praying just before dad went up and he leaned over to me and he said, they're here. Do you see them? And I'm like, what are you talking about, dad? And I'm 21, 22. He's probably 51, 52. He said, yeah, they're here. Do you see them? And I didn't understand the question. And then he said, when we all bow our heads for prayer, look up. and You'll know it when you see it. I said, okay. And moments later, the, the gentleman uh, in Mandarin is praying, um, opening up the, the, the prayer service, the teaching service. And sure enough, when all the heads were bowed, all the be- believers had bowed their heads. But I peeked up to see what dad was talking about. And I looked and I could see among the 150 or so people in the room, I could see three men kept their eyes open and their heads were darting around nervously like this. And they kept looking around. They didn't know what was happening. And they were the secret police. They were PSB um, for the Chinese government. And they were trying to embed themselves in our service. And all the locals knew that they weren't believers. And we exposed them because they didn't understand church culture. They didn't understand Christianity. They didn't understand what prayer was. And so typically when you pray, you bow your head and they were exposed as soon as, as soon as the prayer service started. And dad knew that. And dad was like, Hey, just watch. 
watch. You're going to yeah. see it. And, uh, you yeah. know, typical. That's great. Well, and, and, that, and that happened all the time when we were out uh, doing these things, uh, you know, even when your dad wasn't with us uh, behind the Iron Curtain. That was, it, it was a part of what we did in that we were constantly looking for those signs, those signals. We'd been taught about those things. We'd been taught what to look for, you know, uh, yeah. uh, where, and we, and it was, you know, out of, out of jest and also just the, uh, the need to break the tension. I mean, literally every room we walked into, whether it was our hotel room or, or a dining room in a little small crappy restaurant behind the iron curtain, we'd walk in and any, you know, plastic flower arrangement or, or the light, you know, fixture yeah. testing one, we'd lean over, check, 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 check. You know, we, we would, <laughs> exactly. we would talk to the KGB and half the time we were, especially if it was our hotel rooms. And we all know about that uh, now because we actually have photos uh, of the the listening rooms and in, in the hotels that we were, you know, uh, billeted in uh, through the interest agency. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was all real. I mean, we were, we were joking. And as I said, breaking our own tension of the moment, but uh, that, that was really, really happening to all of us. Um, let's, you know, don't want to, don't want to um, belabor any of that point much longer. Cause we, we have a lot of stories we're going to tell and our original reason for getting together in the first place, we've, we have kind of made that mutual commitment to one another to tell this story. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I think I wrote the prologue already. Yeah. And so that, that one really thing. enjoyed it. They, they, yeah. they were crazy. It was good. It's on the, it's on the blog site. It's uh it's called living sound uh, team four. And, um, and it's a, the story, I, I, the way I like to characterize it is that it's it's basically, if if you saw the Cameron Crowe movie, um, Almost Famous, you know the story of the the band Stillwater that was almost famous had had the the hit, and uh, great music story. And then if you combine that with the the movie Argo, uh, you put those two together. Right and, now, yeah, right there's yeah. And that's what the story of this band, you know, this uh, team four, because there was four bands on the road operating under the same name, Living Sound, traveling all over the world. We'd usually have two groups in America raising money for the two groups who are overseas, and then we would jump continents with one another uh, every few months. But the um, uh, the bottom line is, is that this one particular team ended up in a situation that is just absolutely an amazing amazing story how does this group of western musicians get plucked out of all of the bands planet-wide in 1980 and chosen by top officials we're talking about well the, the lady who wrote the songs uh alexandra pakmatova she she was a member of the supreme soviet of uh, uh, you know communist yeah. party yeah. yeah she she you know Right, was the Congress of the Soviet Union. Yep. Uh, she was she was Brezhnev's favorite composer, and she was the one that was um, tapped by the the official government to produce the music for the nineteen eighty Moscow Olympics. And she's a legend Famous. right now. Now she's just yep. a legend. Well, you saw just a few months ago uh, her ninetieth birthday party uh, was just huge in the big ballet there, and you know, in in Moscow, and Putin came out and oh, yeah. presented her with the award. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely, she's a, she's a complete legend. And she was the one that picked my band, <laughs> your dad's organization, 
to, to do this. And, um, and, and everything that transpired thereafter is just, just an amazing story. And how it all, in fact, this picture right there is a, you can't see it, but it's a photo of me standing on stage in Moscow on Soviet central television in 1981, July of 1981, performing that music that we recorded on, you know, for the, uh, 1980 summer games so anyway it, how it happened and who was involved and the sacrifices that were made people that went to prison for putting this together for us it's 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 incredible so we're going to get to that story but anyway let's um, talk about what we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah yeah Structure of what this been. might look like in the in the, right. in the episodes to come yeah i i don't want to turn have this thing turn into a three hour Joe Rogan uh, length <laughs> type of it could if uh, you want to session. but if we if we go that long and you and you guys are willing to hang with us we've got some things to talk about yeah we we do want to talk about right now um, where we're going with TPC uh, we have um, been saying now for months uh, you know during this COVID thing and and COVID unfortunately afforded me the time to begin putting into place some of these things that I've wanted to do for years. But, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I have for my entire life been a full-time musician. I, I have three bands of my own. I manage artists. I do contract work for uh, some other, you know, music companies. I do um, uh, freelance trumpet playing, you know, so, you know, I, I'm busy enough and TPC has always been this fun sideline thing. That's why you see me some, you know, some days I'll, I'll, you know, feverishly have churn out some material and then I'll disappear for several days because I'm working. I'm, you know, I'm on the road. I'm doing whatever that money. I do. Yeah. Ah, paying my bills. And, and that's, that's what I do. Well, uh, when, when COVID came to town uh, and, you know, our various uh, bureaucratic officials and particularly my governor, who I like to call a, uh, Corona Group and Fuhrer Cooper decided that I was no longer an essential person and a non-essential worker and that my industry was non-essential and that my what, fact indeed. I, what a horrible choice of words, right? Right. You're not right. essential. Right. I know. And, 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 the, you know, ironically, when I went to college, the government gave me a full ride scholarship, you know, to go to college as a music performance major. And then, you know, here 40 years later, they tell me that, well, that's not really essential. So they, Hey, you told me it was essential back then. So I picked a career based on, you know, what you thought or what you, you know, conveyed to me at the time, but nevertheless, we got, to, we got to, um, you know, uh, coronavirus world. And, uh, suddenly I out of work, I'm literally not allowed to earn a living. Um, and I had time to begin doing this, which is why I, I contacted Scott, uh, renewed that, yeah. Um, relationship and floated the idea of him coming on board as, you know, the, my partner to help me on those areas that I lack. You would think that somebody that's been in the music business for this long would be better technology technology than I am, but I'm not. That's like, I've always eschewed that side of that. I've got too many other things that my brain works on related to music, uh, not plugging in and wires and turning knobs. But, um, with, with that in mind, uh, the first thing that we did is we did the first and only fundraiser at that time that we'd ever done, you know, with this, with, with TPC and, and our followers, as I said, were generous and gracious enough to help us afford to get all the good equipment that we needed to, to begin this process. Yeah. So, so and, you're, 
the, the microphone, the, the, um, the headset, uh, all these tools that, that you are using right now were funded by, yeah. graciously by those who have loved hearing uh, what Steve's writing about. And we're very grateful. Yeah, exactly. And, and the website. And we needed to because we needed an off Facebook platform because we know where, that that, we know where that's headed. And by the way, yesterday, I have never seen in all the years of it, I mean, there was a just yesterday, a mass, mass exit campaign going on, move to parlor, me, we, and such as that. Um, and, and so these are all things that we were putting in place. Uh, in fact, I went on last night to put, to, you know, at least establish a parlor account. And did you know that somebody has already um, uh, squatted on that name? the pragmatic constitutionalist. And it wasn't an accident because they grabbed my, my Twitter handle at TPC for USA.com. I mean, uh, at TPC for USA, they grabbed that too. So they are, and they, they did this in July. I think it was July 2nd is when they established that account. So they haven't been using it, but so I'm hoping that somebody out there in TPC world we're, we're squatting on it for my benefit. Yeah. And, let us uh, know, please. <laughs> yeah. Come, come forward. I would like to. So I, 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 uh, I will, I, I will find you. <laughs> <I> will. <laughs> um, and, and um, so, so we are, we are going to be, you know, first of all, making sure that we're in those alternate uh, social media platforms so that uh, the day that Facebook is finally over for those of us with uh, a more liberty, liberty oriented voice, uh, we will, we will have a place to congregate. But I was, I mean, it was like every other post in my social media feed was what's your parlor deal. What's your MeWe uh, handle. You know, everybody's yeah. looking for where they're, where they're going. Cause they're yeah. leaving. I mean, it's, they're done now that the election is over, they're done. Now my feelings about this, and, and I know I get a lot of, I get a lot of messages. I, I, my, not only do we get hundreds and hundreds of comments per day on whatever the posts are on, uh, on TPC from one day to the next, but my inbox is full to the, to the, to, to the extent now it's, I just don't have the ability to respond any longer to everything. And at least half of those are on your Are you on parlor on your me? We, are there other exception, you know, other suggestions rather, you know, gab.com. There's so many of them. I don't even know what they are. And, and, and again, it's a product of time. Do we have time to do these things or not? Cause somebody has got to maintain this. And right now it's just me and you uh, with, with some assistance from your lovely bride, uh, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. And much, much um, needed assistance. Yeah. Right, right, right. And, and so, um, we're going to be making those transitions, but I'm, we're not going to leave. We're not going to leave Facebook. And let me tell you why. I, I'm not going to leave those platforms until they kick us off completely because I don't want to get trapped in an echo chamber uh, or just an island of, our, of with people that only think the way that we yeah. think. You know? Us four and no more. Yeah. That's, no, that's, no, no, no. And, and that, that has always been dangerous in my mind. Um, it's, it's why, and I talk about this all the time. It's why I force myself to listen to NPR for a couple hours every day. Now, let me tell you something that is a suicide inducing, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, effort because sometimes uh, I I'm, know. Either going to, I know. I'm either going to put a gun to my own head or I'm going to shoot the radio. It, it's, it's uh. just, 
it's just a mind boggling, you know, load of traffic. Can I, can I jump in here real quick? Um, Absolutely. Dad, as he got older, obviously had serious hearing issues because of all the years on the road, standing too close to the monitors. And so, you know, he needed a hearing aid and he was, he was delaying getting that. So the TV in the, when he was watching the news, you know, CNN, whatever, uh, Fox, whatever he would do, it was blaring. You could hear it across the street, right? Cause he was just deaf. And so Barbara got a great idea, his wife to get him a nice set of Bose headset. And so he could sit in his recliner and watch and we don't have to hear it. And we can actually have a normal conversation, Barbara and I, and dad's and, you know, watching the news. Well, okay. Going back to the madness that is having to open yourselves up to other, you know, other types of thought dad would watch, you know, Wolf Blitzer on CNN and others. He'd get so exercised over the whole thing. He'd start yelling. We have no idea. We're having this conversation about whatever. Hey, what are we going to eat tonight? And all of a sudden you hear dad, shut up. I cannot believe you're such an idiot. You know, and dad, what's going on? And he was just so into watching MSNBC and Rachel Maddow or whatever and how insane they are that uh, he would get into it and we'd have no idea what he was doing. We'd have to look at the TV and figure out, oh, Oh, he's watching, he's watching CNN. And, I, and, and, and here, here's the thing, Scott, we, we have to, well, I don't, I, okay. There's a reason why, let's just go back to the beginning. There's a reason why George Washington in his farewell address, you know, uh, from his presidency when he retired, uh, he so eloquently spoke against parties. You know, he, he was not a big fan of political parties and, and I'm not either. That's why I'm finally, you know, I finally made my journey from Democrat to Republican to libertarian to unaffiliated. That doesn't mean I'm not still a libertarian. It's just that I, the, the association with any group whatsoever in that close of a context is, has its own, um, it has a tremendous amount of downsides. You get caught on, on your own little island of thought and you can't, it's not that you can't see and can't understand what's going on around the world, but you need to understand what other people are saying so that we can have a conversation together. If we don't know where they're coming from, why they're coming from that, um, uh, that mindset, then there's no way that we can have a thoughtful and meaningful conversation. And that's why we start shooting at each other. If, if we're just on our own little islands with our borders in between us, we're, you know, and we don't understand why they're attacking well, we shoot back. Yeah. And, and so that's why I have no intention of leaving Facebook until they shut us down. Uh, but uh, we are going to be expanding beyond that. Now we've talked about that. Now, the other thing too is, is that I'm, I'm very excited about it and thank, thank God Scott is here to kick my butt and make this happen is that um, we're going to be launching a series of um, podcast type formats and, and, um, did you write down the notes on, I mean, I've almost, you know, we've got so many ideas in the hopper right now. Sometimes serialized, I serialized podcast that we're talking about doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. About, about Russia, about the 1980 Olympics, about, uh, we talked about doing, um, the personal notes between, right. Between go ahead. Yeah. And, well, I want to, I want to read, I, I actually want to, I, I want to read the actual letters between founders of the, of the country. Uh, I, 
what I just said a while ago is very important. You, you, you know now that at least half of voting America no longer has respect for the United States Constitution, the formation of this government. They don't get it. They don't understand it. It's because they've been trapped on this island of thought, which has fed them so much disinformation um, because now the only thing that they know and the only thing that they think is, is that the Constitution was a, a document founded to establish slavery. In this country, uh, the, the the founders were all racist, misogynists. They were um, white men, uh, slave owners. They were, you know, they, they, what they were what? They were just white men. Yeah, yeah, old white men, and 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 that's enough reason right there to dismiss the 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 greatness of the founding uh, of this country and and our founding documents, and and so. I'm going to do a series where I'm going to read the personal letters that they wrote between each other as they were discussing and debating and, and, and figuring out how to make this work. Can you, can you imagine a time in history when slavery had already existed for thousands of years, irrespective of skin color or race or country of origin, people owned people. Period. Biblical, <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in yeah, a yeah, terrible yeah. sense. And it and it was and it was so pervasive in world history and every culture virtually on the planet that it was basically just like breathing. It was it was just economics. It was oil in your lantern. It was not even anything that uh, was thought of as being something out of, you know, immoral or wrong. Yeah, out of the certainly, there, certainly there were thinkers and there were people, progressive people that thought that this may not be exactly right. Maybe we shouldn't own people and, and, and maybe we shouldn't treat other people like that. There's always been, you know, um, fair-minded people in that regard and much more moralistic, uh, forward thinking humans. But in, in the sense of where we were at 250, 300 years ago, 400 years ago, as this nation began to develop and take shape and form, um, there were a group of men who put into place for us the mechanisms in within the constitution, you know, to eliminate this. And so rather than characterizing uh, Thomas Jefferson as an old white, you know, slave owning, you know, um, uh, slave raping, you know, uh, white man who we need to dismiss everything that he's done. We have to go back and understand and realize what he went through as a man to himself shed this country of slavery. He fought against his own state of Virginia for his entire life so that he could free a slave and they never would let him because he was in debt. There's a whole story, uh, a, a legal uh, story there, which prevented him from freeing his slaves. Um, he actually made slave purchases so that he could reunite families and keep families together, not so that he could expand his slave empire, but so that he could bring uh, families back together. And then there's, of course, as we know, his original draft of the Declaration of Independence, which just absolutely blasted uh, England and King George for their their slave trade and and doing what they were doing to other human beings just for purely economic uh, purposes. Uh, and, and, and then of course, uh, after that, as I said, he was fighting Virginia for his, in, his entire life unsuccessfully to end the, the, the slave trade. 
And one of the uh, uh, most important things that our founders did is they put a trigger in there. It's called the Article 5 Amendment process in which they were eventually able to end this thing by legal means on this continent. And, uh, and, and, you know, and, 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 Jeff, and Jefferson even predicted before he died, he predicted that this was not going away without a civil war. He himself said, he said, we're, we're going to have to fight a civil war in order to end slavery. He didn't certainly didn't wish that upon, uh, you know, the future of the nation, but he foresaw that that's what it was going to take. So embedded in human history and in, you know, the mentality of, of, um, mankind, uh, and our perceptions of lesser people on the planet. And so he knew that it would, it would take uh, bloodshed. And so these guys, these guys are, are, are much more complicated um, than what uh, the American progressive left uh, thinks that they are today. And, and they certainly were, were much more proactive in getting us where we are today to the point to where we just, uh, you know, we did we not just have a president for eight years who was a, you know, an African-American man? And Correct. the answer to that is, of course, yes. All right. So um, those mechanisms that made that happen were put in place by our founders. So we're going to read those letters. Uh, it's going to be a, a series that we're going to do. Um, God, I rambled for a while just but, trying to. But get on there. a day-to-day basis, let's bring this back. Let's rein this in. See, part yeah. of me, part of it is, you know, I have to actually put the saddle on on Steve and 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 uh, and rein him in at times. Uh, but yeah, on a day-to-day, that's going to be a serialized. That's going to be a kind of a special series that we'll do. But on a day-to-day basis or a weekly basis, we're going to start cranking these types of episodes out, um, video. And we'll, we'll put out audio as well, podcast, so that you guys can uh, listen to us talk about posts that you've, that you've posted on TPC, on the blog, um, right. comments and quest- great questions. Some of your best questions and comments from Twitter, Facebook, MeWe, Parler, uh, our blog. And we want to hear, we want to hear from you guys, but now we want to interact even more because as you commented earlier, Steve, you don't have the time to, if you get 800 comments, do a thousand comments on a post and you get your inbox filled up, your, your messenger filled up um, from people asking questions and commenting about a particular post. The first 24 hours, you'll interact with that post. And then after that, you've cranked out another one or two posts and you've moved on. And so people might see it later and they, they write something and you never get back to them, not because you don't want to, because you don't have time to. And so now it's, it's kind of the, one of the main thrusts of what we're going to be doing is, is looking back at, you know, the last one, two, three posts from a given day that we're on and we're, let's, let's talk about it. Let's bring it up. Let's re-engage re, re, um, with it and, and re-engage with you guys, you know, one of your comments, one of your great questions, and we'll banter back and forth. And I'll serve it up as being yeah. more, more of a host so Steve can bloviate a bit and, um, and we can go back and forth because I do love hearing him talk. Yeah, he's like a big brother. Well, you- <laughs> Yeah. Well, thanks. But anyway, it's just that I've got that radio voice when I want to. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when, when I, uh, when I do, you know, make a moderately successful post on uh, the Facebook page or on the blog or whatever, and we get a lot of comments um, there, it eventually reaches the point where I'm absolutely incapable of responding, you know, and back when we, when I used to get a dozen comments per post, I could, you know, I could, I could like and comment on all of them. 
Yeah. And, and, and anybody who's been a long-term follower of TPC knows that, um, I'll like your comment, even if I don't agree with what you just said, because I appreciate the, in, the interaction. Now, if you're in there just to, to insult uh, myself or another follower's comment, or you're dropping a bunch of F-bombs, or you're doing, um, you know, you, you're, just, you're just a troll, I'm not necessarily going to like it. But if you've given a thoughtful response to what I've written, and you have just absolutely intellectually shredded me, I probably am going to like your post and I will do my best if I've got time to comment or maybe counter what you were saying or bring another perspective into the, into the discourse. But, um, I have said a thousand times, I learn more from the followers of TPC than I ever learned from the media. Uh, I mean, when you have, you know, I don't know that's saying much, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, there's, 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 what, what, there's, there's a lot of wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And go. I, even though I try to, um, uh, come to anything that I write as prepared as I can possibly be. And even though, as I said earlier, I try not to exist and, and live in a bubble or on a, you know, lone intellectual island somewhere. And I try to get as much input from all sides as, as I possibly can. Sometimes I just don't see everything in that moment because a lot of times I write in a moment of passion. And so when you do that, you don't necessarily see everything all at once. And then, I, and then I'll get a, this flood of, of, you know, well, you didn't say this or you left this out. And yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's part, part, of, that's just part of being there. But, yeah. but in the midst, in the midst of all of that, someone will bring to the table something that I didn't think about. And I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. All right. Or I didn't see that in that video, you know, that maybe yeah. I commented on too quickly or in that, you know, police shooting that I reacted to, too swiftly, um, before all the facts were in some, some people bring other perspectives to it that, that moderate not only my, my own feelings or opinion about the, the issue of the day, but, but brings, a light of truth to it that I had not seen before. And that's so wonderful. I, 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 and that's wonderful. That's what creates community, right? That dialogue, not yeah. just monologue yeah. back and yeah. forth and opening up your mind to other ways of thinking, which is essentially what we're talking about here. Right. The right. Whole liberty so, thought, the whole Liberty thought going back to the founding fathers is, is all been um, what's the word it's, it's, it's in a tiny little box on, you know, whether you're a Republican or you're a Democrat and, and it's limited in the way that, you know, that the, demagogues have have communicated to the masses and we are basically saying hey we want to open up the thought we want to say hey listen liberty freedom matters uh that the constitution matters right beautiful document that is being entirely disregarded by particularly the left um the squad of four whatever they're called um (laughs) they want to they want to trash the constitution they think it's an old worn out um document written by old um, racist white men and, uh, you know, in, in, in the history of the world, the Constitution of the United States is probably one of the most important documents that's ever been written outside of the Bible and maybe a few other things. The Magna Carta, you know, it's up there. <laughs> it's, the, ir- the, irony, it's the irony of the squad, the, the great irony of the squad is none of them would ever even be in the squad. None of them would be in the Congress of the United States if it was not for what the founding fathers put in place in their visionary, you know, um, 
foresight to um, put those mechanisms that allowed them to be there. Because I'm going to tell you right now, some of the countries of origin <laughs> of which members of that squad come from, they not only would not be in the position in their country of origin, they would likely have been killed already. Uh, or certainly in prison and flock. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, in yeah, many of those just, countries. And I can tell you without, without question, that is an, a true statement. It's a true statement. Yes, and you've, and you've been there. And I, um, I, I should probably go ahead before we get too much further into this and, and drop the, I did, I did mention on the page the other day that I was going to announce a big personal change that was going to facilitate um, my ability to do these things and to um, launch these new initiatives to expand the TPC um, enterprise, as it were. And, and the, that is simply this. I received a great, I'm talking about counsel, I received a great piece of counsel from somebody uh, very close to the other day, somebody I've worked with for many, many years in the music business. Uh, I'm not going to name him because he is a um, well-known entity in, uh, in music, not just here locally and where I live in Raleigh, North Carolina, but uh, nationally, he manages several national artists and um, has uh, reasons to be, as he says, politically Switzerland, <laughs> you know, in order to maintain uh, what, what little bit of a career he has left in the music uh, business yeah. as well. But, um, but he has been following TPC for quite some time and uh, he's a big fan. And he and I had about an hour and a half conversation last week over the phone. And he told me, um, he said, look, Steve, he goes, if I were you, he said, I'm not advising you to stop playing music. And I don't think that psychologically I could do that. I think that's a part of me for the rest of my life. It's something that I, it's an outlet I have to have in order yeah. to be of sound. But um, he said, I would turn your music into a hobby. And he said, exactly what he said. He said, monetize the hell out of TPC. Get it going. He said, you, you're on to something there. And he said, I think you have a unique voice there. And, um, and he said, you need to put your focus on that for now. And then he, you know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the state of our industry and, and, you know, we don't, we don't need to bore people to death with, you know, what's going on just in the, in the. No, no, but I think you need to say here what he had to say. He's a prominent figure nationally, not just regionally. And what he said, there's, there's no life for your industry over the next 12 to 24 months at the earliest. Yeah. It's, you know, because I'm not a, creative music writing recording artist. That's not what I do. That's not my segment of the music industry. I don't sit at home all day writing songs and, you know, pitching it to publishers and, and putting up YouTube videos and monetizing on Spotify and, you know, Patreon or whatever, that sort of thing. So, um, but what I do is I make a living from playing live music and I have, you know, some different outlets. I have, you know, I, I have a couple of private event bands um, that do very, very well in this region of the country and, um, you know, are higher. And my, 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 my main act or band that I've been with for 20 years is called Bull City Syndicate, uh, originally out of Durham, North Carolina. And um, uh, I acquired ownership of that band about, uh, oh gosh, eight or 10 years ago, something like that. And that particular band has just as a, for instance, been the headlining entertainment at the last two North Carolina governor's inaugural ball. So we do big events, you know, we do, um, you know, whether it's corporate events, uh, you know, big 
Christmas, Christmas parties. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Well, all that's been taken away, as you know, I mean, that was just, my calendar was wiped out this year. It was gone. So my primary source of income was taken away from you. You officially Um, did your last scheduled concert last night. Is that correct? Uh, no, no, I had, I had, I had two shows this weekend, uh, one in which I lost money and one in which was just a, basically a, um, a club gig, which doesn't make any money anyway, if you know anything about that. Um, sometimes we, sometimes musicians, we still play for fun. Uh, so I had a couple of those shows this past weekend. Um, but the, uh, the money gigs have been wiped out because those particular organizations, the venues can't host them. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're operating on these limited capacity orders right now and they can't jeopardize their licenses of all types, whether it's their, you know, their business license or liquor licenses, things of that nature. So that they, you know, it's just, it's just to the point right this minute that the private event industry, although it will probably be the first one to come back, it's going to come back much slower. So my big 10 piece show band is not going to be hired for a 25, you know, person little, you know, social gathering for the, you know, the corporate, you know, uh, CEO and his staff or his board of directors or whatever, and their wives, they're, they're going to hire a DJ or they're going to hire a violinist or a classical guitar sitting in the corner. They're not going to hire a 10 piece band to play for 25 people. So as those things start coming back, we're going to be at the very end of being allowed to get back on stage again and to earn the, earn the type of money that we're, we're, we're accustomed to making. Um, in addition to that, and the, the thing that I have the most fun with right now in my career, and I only started doing this two years ago, was my David Bowie tribute act. I won't get into how that happened because that was a complete and total accident that came into my life two years ago. But what 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 happened was is I found out that I have more fun pretending to be somebody else than I ever have had being myself on stage. Whether what does that say about you? Seeing, <laughs> what, what does that say? No, uh, it's because I get to dress up and, and, uh, and I get to wear makeup and, and Ooh. no, it, it's, it's just, it, it, it's, I will, we'll, we'll do a whole hour on this maybe someday, but yeah, but I, 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 I mean, I, to the, to I, your point, to your point, Steve, you are between yeah. a rock and a hard place personally right. and professionally. Right. So you're exactly right. So I, I was, I was finally, you know, uh, as I said, through this dear friend in the, in the industry, he, he just flat out told me, he said, dude, go monetize the hell out of TPC and let music become your hobby. I, for the first time in seven months, Scott, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulder because every single day since early March, when all of these things started falling off the calendars, you know, it was, it was rescheduling's and postponements, cancellations, refunds of security deposits. It's not that I wasn't I remember. Yeah. making money. Now I'm, I'm bleeding money. It's now, it's now going away. Projects that we had in place for expanding and investing into the future of other things, you know, musically that we were doing, they're all ended. Artists that I work with that tour, make their living off touring, my income stream from there is gone because I'm, you know, I earn commissions off of them playing shows. Well, they, they can't play shows that just goes away. All of a sudden, all of my income streams were drying up, but they weren't just drying up. Now I'm ha- having to pay out. Uh, in addition to that, the bills never stopped. Um, and, and so, um, uh, I won't get into the, you know, the, the, the technical and financial 
uh, things that, that we talked about with me and my friend talked about the other day. But um, when he said that to me, he said, go monetize TBC, let music become your hobby is a complete 180 degree turnaround. Yeah. And the way that I, my mindset works than what I do every morning when I wake up. So Every day for the last, you know, many, many, many decades of my life, I wake 40, up in the 40, 41 years. Yeah, I've been, I've been full time, you know, in, in music for the vast majority of my adult life. I've had a couple of little pauses where I've done a couple of other things just to, you know, for a brain break. But for 40 something years, it's been, it's been, been music. And so I have um, woken up every morning. You know, I had my first cup of coffee and go, okay, now how do I make money today in doing that which I know how to do? You know, whether it's hiring myself out as a freelance trumpet player, whether it's booking one of my bands, whether it's, you know, uh, video projects, whether it's uh, calling, uh, you know, publicists, management companies, agencies, record labels for people that I've worked with in the management side of the business or whatever, whatever capacity it was, it was always in that. And then... I'm listening to the news every day and I'm, you know, I'm hearing, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, whether it's my local talk radio in the morning or if it's, you know, Limbaugh in the afternoon or if it's uh, 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 NPR on drive time home or what, whatever it is that I'm listening to, then those thoughts all come together and coalesce into something I want to write down on you know, TPC. So that's always been the, in the hobby aspect of what, what I do to get those, get those thoughts out of me. And, um, but that's all changing. And, yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're, I, it, it's like, okay, well, when my buddy told me that he said, flip it over and think about it differently. It was a weight lifted off of me for the first time in seven months. And I went, okay, all right, I'm going to do that because I, I've been waking up for the last seven months. Okay. How do I survive now? Yeah. How am I going to pay my bills yeah. at the end of the month? Yeah. The both I, of us know, have, the both of us right, have. Right. Look, same, same right, thing. Look, when is, when is this money going to bleed? You know, when are, the, when are my obligations that have not gone away going to bleed me dry? And then when is that day coming that I can no longer make my you know, basic, you know, payments for bills that everybody has to pay. And, um, and so, um, I know this is hard so, yeah. for you, and you're doing pretty well, man. You're doing, you're doing well, look, well the- <laughs> handling this because you know, it's been your entire adult livelihood. It's the way of life for you that you've, that you've chosen a gift that God gave you and you've done it very well and you've done it all over the world. And now you are, you know, um, not a young person anymore and you're having to switch gears and you are doing it well. And this is what you have to do. You're not going yeah, to. I don't, I don't see myself so suddenly becoming, you know, waiting tables or uh, there's no big corporation going to suddenly, who, God, who was it the other day said that, you know, we needed to, just go out and learn how to code was one of those, you know. No, no, no. I, I know. I've heard that. In fact, Kathy even looked to that, go to coding school to, to all, all of us, all of us that have to change jobs. We just need to learn to go how, learn how to code because there's yeah. plenty of, you know, computer yeah. business. Yeah. And, and, but I mean, no, you, I'm not going to learn how to code. Yeah. It would be scary. Um, the future of the known world would be scary if Steve was a programmer, <laughs> I'm just going to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, okay, let me jump in here. You, you, uh, it's a very painful and awkward time right now, not just for you, but for a number of Americans and, and I'm sure people around the world. COVID is, is destroyed a lot of businesses, a lot of families, a lot of livelihoods. It's been terrible. 
not just the sickness itself and that it brings to families, but the outcome in our um, in your industry, in our uh, economy. The economy. I don't know that we'll ever go back to the way we've known it uh, as as it was. And so you're having to switch, and you have a choice. You can face bankruptcy, and uh, and you're not going to quit, <laughs> right? Or you can yeah. you can start throwing all of your gifts and passions towards this, towards TPC and make music your hobby. And that's essentially what you're saying right now. Well, if we've learned one thing from the Trump administration is, uh, and from the Trump years is that, um, you know, filing bankruptcy could be a good business move. So (laughs) we're going to, he knows that well, (laughs) we're going to consider that here, but come the end of the year, that is on the board of directors table. I will tell you that for my, my own music company. So, yeah. uh, but that, but with that in that in mind, uh, what we are going to do is we're going to monetize. Uh, we are going to monetize the heck out of this thing, um, which put you know puts puts me in an awkward position of having to say, all right, um, you know, because look, the, the the numbers. If it was thirty five million followers, I mean, good grief! All I got to do is sell coffee mugs, and you know, I can earn a nice living. But with thirty five thousand followers. When you consider the throttling that's done, I mean, on a daily basis, Facebook is only allowing me to see right now, just from my post alone, between a half a percent and 1% of our own followers are ever even see the post or even see it. It only expands beyond that when something goes viral and it gets shared a lot. Yeah. And then it gets when, shared when, outside. Yeah, when, when our followers start sharing, start commenting. Right. Um, and their and their followers then right. share it or comment. That's where you break out of that one percent throttling. Um, yeah, and and, I, and I'm not, and I'm not we're not going to get a million views on YouTube of this tomorrow. So we're not going to earn our little twelve hundred dollars from YouTube for you know for that because that's not going to happen. And we're not going to uh, expand into those numbers for quite you know quite some time. Uh, I think that we have uh, and we haven't shared everything yet, but I think we have some ideas on the table that are going to be very, very attractive and are going to attract, um, uh, listenership to audio podcasts, uh, you know, video podcasts and, and, and the like. Um, and it, it, it is going to grow because we're going to do some unique things that aren't being, we're not trying, you're not, we're not going to try and, you know, replicate what, uh, um, you know, Steven Crowder or Joe Rogan or any, anybody else is doing. Yeah. We, have, we have, we do have some unique ideas on the table. And I'm very, very excited about them. Uh, and and some of them fall within as my own personal giftings, and then the the rest of it falls within yours to to you know to, to make to make it happen. We'll make it um, happen, man. We'll make right, it right. happen. And 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 so we are excited about that. But when it when it boils down to it, uh, here for the you know the the next few months anyway, we're going to be dependent upon the gen, you know the continued generosity of the the followers that we can get to. Um, uh, for TPC and ask you to do what you can. Right now, uh, we are trying to settle on, we're, we're looking, look, we may still end up on Patreon. Okay. I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I still know that there's some Liberty um, um, uh, focused um, creators on Patreon who have not been canceled. There's a couple of big ones that were, you know, 
uh, highly publicized that did get kicked off of Patreon for something that they said. I don't want to be anywhere where I have to completely watch every single word I say. You know, I, I'm not, I, I am absolutely not worried about being accused of being a racist or a Nazi or anything. Even, and I wore this, I wore my German hat today on purpose just so somebody would come out here and, you know, go, oh, are you, are you signaling? Is this a, is this a, a dog whistle of your, of your, you know, your, your Nazi background. No, I've been to Germany. I like the hat and, uh, and you know, I've played music in Germany. All right. And, and so, um, something uh, say something. right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, and, and I have, uh, I have no problems, um, uh, defending myself against those types of accusations, but, but the accusations are being made regardless. So we are, you know, we're being accused of those dog whistles and signals and, um, you know, things of that nature when in fact they don't exist. They don't exist in my mind. They don't exist no. in my heart. They don't exist in my history. They don't exist in my history, my relationships with the, the, the you know, uh, myriad of, you know, people of color that I've stood on stage with and hired and worked with and slept in the same bed with because we were billeted out with, you know, in a, a small venue somewhere in Europe. And I had to share a bed with, you know, or black singer or black bass player or whatever. And like, yeah, it's just life. It's what we do. You know, we, 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 we travel, we travel together and, and, and we love each other. And, um, you know, I, I used to tell this story all the time. We, we had, we had a, a African-American singer, lead singer in our band and virtually every single border that we crossed it, we crossed it, crossed almost every border we crossed. This was back in, you know, back in the early eighties, Ray would be pulled out of the lineup because you know, the band would all be going through and on there. And so I got pulled out because I had long hair. And so, and Ray would get pulled out because he was black and we were in, you know, in a largely, you know, white Northern European border crossing or whatever. This is before the EU was all, you know, kind of homogenized. Everybody was still checking. Everybody's still stamping passports at every border. And, and, uh, and it just got to the point where, where Ray and I would look at each other and we would go, okay, are you ready? Every other guy in the band, the crew members, everybody, they'd just fly right through. They'd point at me, they'd point at Ray, and we got to go in the back room and get searched. It happened every time. And, and it was because I was the hippie and he was the black guy, you know? So I don't, don't, don't accuse me of things that you don't know about me. You don't know my heart. You don't know my head until you see me write it down. And then don't tell me it's a dog whistle until you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and if I'm wearing a hat uh, from Germany, it's because I've played music in Germany. I got hats from all over the place. There we go. Not because I'm sending my Nazi, you know, signals out. Um, and so the, the bottom line is, is that we are going to be uh, reliant upon the continued generosity of the TPC followers to make this transition and to um, scale up everything that we have in, in mind. Uh, as, as, as uh, you know, um, Scott, we're, we've already had to pay quite a bit. I mean, you and I don't get to just do everything. We have to contract things out. We have to hire, you know, uh, you have to pay for these. I mean, just, just, the, just the website alone with all of the, the, the backend support and security and blah, 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 blah. It costs us thousands of dollars to put just, just to get it launched. And that's with you building it out labor free in that particular instance. So there was, there was a tremendous, it costs a tremendous amount of money to get a professional site like that open uh, or launched. And, and, and of course, then the maintenance is just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. And that's, and that's outside of just, but also paying your, keeping your lights on and your internet, ah, right? There is that. And there is food. that. 
right? So, um, yeah, on, on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis, we're going to be coming to you as supporters and as followers uh, and commenters of TPC. We're going we're gonna to be looking to you um, to support us, to support this, to support Steve uh, and myself. And um, it is a humbling situation to be in, but we are walking forward with this because this is where we are in the COVID era. And that also means that you're going to be hearing a lot more and a lot better uh, comments, or excuse me, uh, commentary and uh, original thought on what's going on in our politics, in our world, uh, and uh, commenting on stories, commenting on things that are happening not only in our country, but around the world with a freedom and a liberty uh, perspective. And uh, I'm excited because we're going to be able to do better and more, but it's also going to mean that we're going to be pulled away from the hustle of the outside world and life that we normally lived. And uh, we're having yep. to now focus on this, which is a good, uh, good challenge. And uh, yeah. we can't do it without you guys. We can't. I'm, ex so. I'm excited as well. And I, I will, I will tell you, Scott, I, I have, as we are, you know, already beat the horse, you know, senseless and dead already. I'm yep. excited to finally, to finally do the things that you, to tell the story that you and I have been talking about for eight years now, and, and we've actually kicked that off. I, I, you know, I hate the fact that it took your, your father passing away to light the fire under my butt to, you know, to finally make that part of this. What happened? Happen. It is what it is. Yeah, right? but, but before, but before he died, we decided to, to work together on TPC. Yeah. And, and, um, and so it's all kind of, you know, you pick your, you know, call it fate, you call it whatever you want to call it. But uh, our, our being together, uh, I feel like it is, is, um, uh, what's the word? You want to pick one? Anyway, you know what I mean? Uh, it, it was meant to be. Yeah. I mean, right, 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 right. No, it's, 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 it's meant to be. And, and uh, I will, you know, wake up every morning now uh, excited about what I'm going to communicate here on this microphone and to our followers and now our listeners and our watchers um, to um, to bring the best, you know, uh, perspective that I can on the events of the day, but also, you know, the events of yesterday and the history of, of the Constitution and the history of our founding, because more so now than ever, we need and we've got to start letting this generation know that uh, this was not just a bunch of uh, racist old white men that founded this country that we are here today. And, you know, I, 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 this is another thing I say all the time. It, it just makes me absolutely mad insane when I see the advancements that have happened in race relationships, just in my lifetime, just in my own lifetime, we are so much better, but man, somehow in the last four years that narrative was turned on its head. We had a, African-American president for eight years, and that has been turned on its head, and we are now the single most racist country on the planet Earth, if you listen to one side of the argument. My God, if you listen to MSNBC, NBC, um, CNN, NPR every day, that's the only perspective that you can possibly come away with, and it's just absolutely not true. Yeah, because and, somehow we're going we're gonna to counter that narrative now that another old white man has come into as president-elect and is going to yeah. change that. Right. Right, right, right. Yet, yet another old white guy with a with a definitive, on videotape, on audio tape history of racism and racist comments 
he's the guy that's going to, you know, heal yeah. our nation and bring us all back together again. You're not really black um, if you didn't vote for me. <laughs> that's exactly right. Are he you serious? Black. That's exactly. <laughs> but he's the guy that's going to bring us back together again. Of course, because he's. So I, yeah. All right. So we were we were going to maybe spend a, a little bit of time on topics and issues of the day. I don't think we probably should um, yeah. beat this thing um, uh, any any further. Let's let's dive off of this for today, if you don't mind, Scott. Yep. And uh, uh, I'll, you know, send my my gratitude, my thanks out to everybody who has been. You know, there's there's there, there are people who have been following. You know, my written word for ten years, and that's just absolutely mind boggling because it's I've never considered that as who I am. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that I would rather be on stage pretending to be David Bowie every night than, you know, trying to corral my thoughts together about what's going on in, in the world on a day-to-day -day basis. But uh, for some reason, every once in a while, I have enough of a thought that, that communicates well and people appreciate that perspective that I, I think it's time to go ahead and, and, um, uh, light that fire. So we're going to do that. So you're going to be hearing a lot more from me and from Scott and a lot more from TPC and a lot uh, more, a, a lot more formats uh, and, and places. Just be patient with us because everybody has their favorite. I know some people are, I mean, God, it's just every single day, my inbox. Are you on parlor yet? Are you, are you on parlor yet? Are you on parlor yet? Me, we blah, blah, blah. It's coming. It's coming. We just it's coming. We, we, we have we have a, a stack this tall right that we have to we have to get through it's but it's it's in the stack of stuff so we're we're, we're getting there yeah and uh, uh so i i'm sure scott i don't have to um uh say this but i'm i would imagine that you know if if you go below wherever this is posted youtube facebook parlor me we blah 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 yeah. you'll get all the information where you need to go to uh click hit donate on the donate page we have uh right now we're processing everything through paypal but we will be launching a patreon type page uh here very soon maybe patreon i don't know um but we're looking at a couple of others as well uh we're, i think we have it narrowed down yep yeah. We've eliminated quite a few for the very reasons that we talked about. I mean, some of them are very, very specific that you're not going to talk about this stuff or you're not going to be on our page very long. And so we've eliminated a lot of those types of uh, creative, you know, um, uh, monetization type programs. And so we're looking for that one that won't do that to us, but yet it's also going to be around a while and it's on, it's financially viable and, and, and healthy. Yeah. And, um, and so, uh, there will be a lot of opportunities in a lot of different places to follow what we're doing and to, uh, to help us out as we go along. Scott. Yeah, thanks. it's great. So, Hey, in, in, in summation, you know, we're going, we're going it alone. Uh, we need your support, but uh, keep commenting, keep reading, keep asking great questions because we're going to be bringing that up in this format in this forum. And uh, I think it's going to be much more participatory like it used to be five, six, seven, eight years ago, because we'll be able to actually, you know, kind of ramble a bit on a given topic and a given question and a given comment. And uh, I think you guys will look forward to seeing your good thoughts and comments as re comments rewarded um, by being on this, uh, being talked about on this format. So thank you for listening, guys. Uh, appreciate it. Look forward to the future, Steve. And um, let's, uh, let's knock this thing out. I think, I think on election day plus six, I should probably close out by saying this. That lady hasn't sung yet, but she's warming up. <laughs> <laughs>
All of and I pre and I and I and again I appreciate everything that gets sent to me. I I don't you know sometimes I do shake my head, sometimes do roll my eyes at some of the things that I'm sent and I'm asked to read. And I, have you seen this yet? Have you heard this yet? Have you followed this yet? Have you watched this video yet? Um, and I am not a conspiracy theory guy, and so there's still plenty of that going around here about the election. But those things are, and man. God, I wanted to believe a couple of them. I know you if, and I. I was texting. Me. I really hope <laughs> if a couple of them had been right or even ten oh. percent right, it would have literally brought the deep state down once and for all. You know, but but I don't think that they're going to happen. They're not going to no. play out the way that no. we hoped. No. And and I think that what is uh, that what we have witnessed here is a lot of small pockets of voter fraud. I don't think that there's enough of that in place or has been proven to turn over any of the, um, uh, the swing states. Uh, now we have to look at the, you know, the, the anomalies. We have to look at the math. We have to look at the statistical um, things that are going on right now. They are going to be challenged. Uh, I mean, we've already seen the first challenge that's taken place in Pennsylvania. And it's going to happen elsewhere. There's going to be, I think there's going to be some filings today of either uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, or both. We're going to see challenges in Nevada and Arizona. Um, Georgia. But yeah, but these things, these ten, these things tend to not get overturned. They just tend to not work their way yeah. through the process. And, and it's part of the process of us making changes in government without shooting at each other. That's uh, uh, that's where we're at right now. I, you know, still got fingers crossed about a couple of little things that that I'm that I'm following closely. But I think that we're going to be uh, inaugurating a new president in January, um, much to my chagrin and much to my disappointment. But uh, that's also, if I'm if I'm if if I'm so bold to say, I think it's one of the things that's probably going to um, give us a lot of legs with TPC. I think we're going to be quite possibly more needed and better off as a result of that change than, than otherwise, because uh, we're going to be needed now more than ever. Correct. History has shown that persecution causes things to expand and grow instead of yeah. them being uh, throttled. So I look forward to growth. Even if, have, even if we have to do it underground. We'll do it, baby. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks, Scott. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate everybody. We'll be talking to you soon.